Welcome to This Mother Means Business, a podcast for ambitious entrepreneurial mothers unapologetic in their desire to have it all. I'm your host, Laura Sinclair. I'm a serial entrepreneur, marketing expert, business mentor, and mom of two obsessed with real conversation and deep connection around the insane journey that is raising babies and building businesses. Each week, I'll bring you incredible guests and solo episodes while refusing to shy away from the harsh truths and challenges that come along with managing the titles of mom and CEO. But don't worry, we will celebrate the big moments too. I'm here to show you what's possible in your life and business and will bring you actual tools, tricks, and stories that will take you from where you are now to where you want to go in your life, in your business, and in your parenting journey. I want nothing more than to see you win and will always have your back in this process, even if it comes with just a little bit of tough love. Ready for today's episode? Grab your favorite drink and let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode of This Mother Means Business. We are here, we are podcasting and you could probably hear it in my voice, but I am not 100% and I was thinking about waiting waiting as long as I could until my voice got better. But I realized along the way that that is not real life. And part of why I want to have these conversations and part of why this podcast is important to me and why we're even here is because I want to be able to have real conversations. And the truth is, as I record this, I have been sick for the last 10 days. And the reality is that life doesn't stop just because I'm not feeling well. And my kids don't stop needing me because I'm not feeling well. And my business doesn't stop running because I'm not feeling well. And so even though I'm not feeling well, I hope that you will bear with me and my voice as we navigate this episode, because today what I want to talk about is really around this idea of what is a good mother and the definition of being a good mother. Because for me, this idea, this idea of what is good mothering is something that was part of why my transition into becoming a mother, becoming an ambitious working mother was in fact so difficult um, because my definition of what I thought good motherhood was, what I thought being a good mother meant, it's just so different now than it was then. And what I thought it was then was something that didn't really fit for me. It wasn't really what I wanted for myself. It wasn't what I desired for my life. And so I want to take you back on a little bit of a, of a trip today. We're going to go on a journey back to 2016 when I was pregnant with my daughter and running a CrossFit gym. I owned a brick and mortar CrossFit gym for five years. I will get into the story of that gym and, and share some of the learnings of that business and what it was like to have a physical location and children because that in itself is a totally unique beast. And now I run an online business. But in 2016, I owned a gym. I was, you know, I ran it with my husband. I had really no idea of what it meant to A, be a mom, B, be a mom and, and run a business. And then also how it was going to all show up for me in my life. And in 2016, I was pregnant. There were some other people in my gym that were pregnant as well. And it was just going to be this big, fun journey. And I knew that entrepreneurship was hard. We had bought a business that was probably about six months away from closing if we hadn't have bought it when we did. And so I knew that it was hard. There was a lot of learning that came with being an entrepreneur, a lot of things that were painful, a lot of things that were uncomfortable. 
But there I was just pregnant, really, truly unaware of what the world was going to look like for me when my daughter was born. And I knew I was having a girl. I was due in June of 2017, which is when my daughter was born. Um, But really towards the end of 2016 was when I started to have to consider what I thought it was going to look like. And I thought that I was going to have a village. I thought that I was going to have help. I thought there were going to be people around and that ultimately it was all going to be fine. Fast forward to June, 2017, our business was doing a little bit better. I wouldn't say that it was by any stretch thriving. We were still very much in the business. I wasn't in a place where I would call myself a true CEO. I was really working in the business, um, doing all the sales calls, cleaning the gym, buying toilet paper, uh, coaching the classes. So very much way too in the business to be having a baby. But then my daughter was born and my daughter was born and I didn't have the village. I thought that people would come running and and they didn't. And I didn't have people show up for me. I was very much alone. And I was at home with this baby in a diaper with my gym still running. And there was all of these things that were still going on outside of, you know, trying to figure out how to breastfeed and healing and sleeping and navigating all of the hormones and all of the things that are, that happen to you really when you, when you have a baby. And so for me, I didn't just have that transition of, oh, I'm a mom now. What does this mean? I had this transition of who am I now, which I think is really common, but also my whole business was running without me. And it was like, this was my identity. This was what I'd spent the last year of my life pouring myself into. And other people were running it. Other people were there. I was missing all of it. It felt like I was missing all of it. And for me, it was really painful. It was really painful to see my business run without me. You know, my husband did a lot of the heavy lifting in the business at the time. And fundamentally that actually ended up breaking our marriage for lack of a better word. And I will get into that in another episode, but that transition of really becoming a mother and having a business at the same time was really difficult. And I was, you know, I'm so grateful for the people that we had in our business and so grateful for the employees that we had that kept it running. But for me, it was just trying to understand like, how do I do this now? You know, I didn't have, nobody really told me that when you breastfeed a baby and when you have a baby, that that thing is with you all the time. <laughs> and I I just wasn't ready. You know, for me, I, I wish that someone had sat me down and been like, Laura, I need you to know that when your baby's born, like you are not going to be able to be here at the gym. You are not going to be able to perform at the level that you have been performing. You're not going to be killing it in all of the ways that you're used to killing it. And nobody did that for me. And so I try to do that for for other people now. But for me, it took a really long time to pull apart what motherhood could be for me and how I could get to a place where I could both be a mom and be a great mom and also be ambitious and run my business and be successful. And for me, that's why this conversation matters. And that's why this podcast exists. And for the little girl that was told that she talked too much growing up, there's a lot of a lot of hurdles that I even have to get over just to show up here and, and create this podcast and have this space with you. But I think I think the the most important piece that I want to dive into and, and part of why this work is so important to me is because I want you listening 
to know that you can create and design a version of motherhood that is fulfilling and magical for both you and your children and your family that doesn't have to look the way that maybe it looked your examples growing up, or it doesn't have to look the way that you've ever even seen. Maybe what you desire as a mother is something that you've never seen an example of yet in your life. And that's okay. And so for me, I really want to dive into some of my growing up and the things that I had around me growing up and also how I shifted through that. So if you're down for that, that's what we're going to be talking about today. So growing up, I didn't have a lot of examples of working women in my life. Um, I was very, I was very fortunate growing up. I did grow up in a relatively privileged environment. We didn't, didn't have a lot of struggles. So I wasn't really exposed to women that worked. Certainly I was not exposed to women that were entrepreneurs. And so for me, my idea of what motherhood was, what it meant to be a mom, it meant to stay home, it meant to give up aspects of yourself for your children. It meant really, truly, and if you haven't read Untamed by Glennon Doyle, but it truly meant this martyrdom, right? This sacrifice of all of the things. We're not going to do any of the things that we like or that matter to us because we are moms now. And so that was really what I grew up seeing. I didn't grow up seeing a lot of other working of working women and certainly didn't grow up with a lot of entrepreneurial women. I knew of, you know, friends and family friends that we had that worked, um, but it just wasn't something that I was exposed to a lot. And so growing up, I actually didn't really desire to be a mom. That wasn't something that registered for me. It wasn't what I wanted. I was very career oriented. I'd always cared about, you know, what I deemed success to be. And at the time, my version of success was financial success. It was, you know, getting, having the job, having the fancy car, going to the parties, having the access, having the job that everybody thinks is, is cool. And I I have this vivid memory of being in my 20s and, and thinking to myself that, you know, the day that I can buy Manolo Blahnik shoes and drive a BMW and not have to worry about it financially, I'll, I'll have made it. And um, I I guess by that definition, I, I did make it, but I wasn't, I was never happy in that version of, of what I deemed to be successful. And, but, you know, really when you think about those formative years and, and when you make the decision about whether you want to be a mother or not, I was really late into my twenties when I even thought that that was a possibility for me, you know, in my early twenties, certainly as a teenager in my early twenties, going into my career, working up in PR firms, going to the parties, having the access, having kids was not something that I'd really ever wanted. I don't know if it wasn't, and, and you know, to, to reflect on it, I don't know if it was something that I really didn't want, or I just didn't think was going to be aligned for the life that I desired for myself. What I desired for myself was truly a superficial, materialistic version of success, because that is what had been modeled for me and what I had seemed as, or seen as being successful. People that were successful were people that had material things. And so it wasn't until my late 20s when I met my now husband that 
who, who was very family oriented and really wanted children, that that was something that really even landed on my radar. And I have this memory of being in my corporate job and almost being envious of the women that got to go on maternity leave for a whole year. If you're in, if you're in Canada, to my American listeners, this is going to sound shocking. But in Canada, you are able to have a year of maternity leave. You can actually have up to 18 months of time off with your child. Um, and your job has to be there when you when you get back. It's not one of those things where like your job's just gone forever. Nope, your job has to be there. You do get you know, EI, employment insurance. So you are paid during that maternity leave. It's not a huge amount of money, but it at least is some money so that you can you know go home and, and spend the year with your child and not have to worry about your job when you get back. There's you know many layers and intricacies to that and why that, that system doesn't always work perfectly. But I remember having this envy, deep envy of the women that got to go have a whole year off. Like, must that be nice? And I had no idea really what was involved in that. And interestingly enough, becoming an entrepreneur, I actually never got that year. When you work for yourself, you don't get maternity leave. So I never really had that. I don't want to use the word privilege, but I never had that experience. I never got to mother in the cocoon of a year of maternity leave without anything else pulling at me. And so, but I do have this memory. I do have this memory of thinking back to when I was in corporate, admittedly, of being jealous of the women that got to take a year off, but also this this sense that, you know, the women that come to work late and leave early because, or they got to, because they had to go pick up their children or they're responsible for their children, you know, must that be nice? Was a thought that I, I recall having like, oh, gosh, must be nice to get to leave. Whereas here I am, this single person in my 20s that's chained to my desk, or at least so I thought, you know, until 536 o'clock every night. And my my goodness, how my perspective has changed. But certainly this idea of what motherhood looked like wasn't something that that felt exciting to me until I was in my late 20s. And so at 29, I got pregnant with my daughter. At that point, I had, you know, I'd been out of my corporate career for about three years. And I'll dive into what that journey looks like because it comes with a lot of pivots and a lot of pain in another episode. But today I really want to, you know, talk about what that was like, what that shift from single career driven, career oriented, materialistic, I can call myself that. I think that's okay. Person to, you know, the, the human that I am now navigating that shift into motherhood. And so when I, when I, my daughter was born, it was really painful. It was a lot. A lot of things were, had changed for me very quickly. It was painful because I didn't know who I was, who was Laura now wrapped up in this sense of what motherhood means. What does it mean to be a mom? Who am I now? I never really thought about my identity through that lens how do I show up as a business owner now? Because I physically can't be there. I'm in a diaper, breastfeeding with all of the things that come with, you know, that first period postpartum. And, you know, certainly I, I have this memory of being at the hospital after my daughter was born in my diaper on my laptop, you know, answering client inquiries for the gym and emails and things like that, because I didn't have an assistant at the time. But how do I do all of this? And I, do I even want this? You know, is this something that I even want? And it took me a really long time to recognize that it was okay 
for me to ask for help. And so after having to go through the, you know, the pain of not having community through navigating what this all meant for me, who I am. And, you know, I want to say this was not, this was not like a six month thing. This has really been, oh gosh, my daughter's five. So a five year, five and a half year journey. There's no, there isn't an end destination for me here as I, as I talk through this, but when my daughter was about seven months old, our sort of core person at the gym was leaving. So this was the individual that coached most of the classes. He carried a lot of the the weight outside of my husband. He was going to leave. He was going to go and get a big boy job because working full-time at a gym is only profitable for a certain age group. Let's put it that way. And so I had to hire a nanny. I had, I had no other choice. If I wanted to continue my business to run, if I wanted to run my business the way that I knew that it needed to be run, I had to go back into the business. I had to go back and work. And so that came with hiring a nanny. So we hired the nanny. And even that was a really big deal because like, who am I? I have a six month old baby at home and I am hiring a nanny. I had so much guilt associated with with the fact that I was hiring a nanny, it felt like you're supposed to be at home with your infant for a year. That's what you're supposed to do here in Canada. And while I know that that's not reality for people in many places in the world, but even that came with a lot of guilt. And so this idea of, okay, I'm going back to work now with a six-month-old. How does that feel? And honestly, there was a part of me that felt pretty relieved <laughs> to be going back to work, but that really just started the beginning of recognizing that I needed to essentially outsource aspects of my life. And some of that was aspects of motherhood so that I could be the best version of the mother that I could be. Because what happened actually, when I went back into the business, I hired this nanny who was incredible. Her name was Taylor. She was with us for three and a half years. She gave me a big part of my identity back. And what she actually did was in being at the house and letting me go and run the business and letting me exercise and creating that space and was really, you know, incredible with our daughter. Our daughter loved her so much. What it did is it gave me the ability to go and like feel like myself. It gave me the ability to actually come back and be a more present and more energetic and more involved mother because when I wasn't able to do the things that I wanted to do. And for me, you know, the things that are fulfilling for me are typically things that have to do with exercise, things that have to do with sort of my business, um, you know, to pour into myself. When I had to be 100% present as a mother in those moments, those are the moments where I kind of sucked at it. I had a really hard time. I can say unequivocally, like, I'm not cut out to be a stay-at-home mother. If you're a stay-at-home mother, you're probably not listening to this podcast. But if that's something you desire for yourself, like that's incredible. I don't have the patience for that. I don't, that's not what I desire for my life. And even being able to say that out loud, let alone on a podcast episode for anybody to hear, took me a really long time. It took me a really long time to be okay with the fact that I don't have to be with my kids all of the time to be a good mom. And that in fact, part of the way that I'm a good mom is that I recognize that I need that space for myself to do the things that I need for me 
so that I can come and be present with them when they are home. And so by definition, for me, being a good mother really starts with taking care of the mother, myself, right? You. Because if you don't take care of you, if you don't take care of yourself, if you don't take care of the needs that you have, it's going to be really hard to pour into anybody else. And so hiring the nanny for me was really that first realization that I don't have to do all of the things. In fact, I can't. And in fact, I'm a happier, more present human when I outsource aspects of my life. So for me, that was, you know, that was really the the beginning of the unraveling of how I defined motherhood and how I defined being a good mother. And now I, I you know, I can proudly say my kids go to an incredible Montessori school now. Our nanny I mentioned was with us for three and a half years. But part of how I know I'm a good mother is because I work hard to afford to send my children to Montessori school. And I know that, you know, there's privilege there and I want to acknowledge that privilege. But I think, you know, if you're listening to this and you're trying to navigate, how do I do all of the things? How do I be a good mom? How do I be a good mom and have a business and go to the gym and take care of myself and have friends and hobbies, whatever it may be. I think it's important to remember that you deserve to have space for all those things. It's not something that you are going to be able to do all of it at once. You know, you are not an octopus. You do not have eight arms to be able to do all of those things. And so knowing that you taking time for you or you outsourcing aspects of your life, whether it's a nanny or a cleaning lady or meal prep or whatever it is, so that you can pour into you, you will be a better mother for it. And so, you know, the intention of this conversation is is to truly to, to give you permission, but also to encourage you to look at, you know, how are you defining what it is to be a good mother in your life right now? How are you defining good motherhood? And is that a definition that you have created? Or is that a definition, is your answer of what good motherhood is really hinged around a definition of motherhood that somebody else has created that you are trying to morph yourself into fitting into? Because I tried for the better part of a year to morph myself into a version of motherhood that wasn't for me into a version of motherhood that frankly made me uncomfortable, frankly made me miserable, frankly sent me into therapy and broke my marriage. So I would encourage you to really look at how you define good mothering. And is that a definition that feels really good for you? Is that a definition that aligns for you? Because well, I think that, you know, that definition changes as my kids get older it changes as my business grows, it changes as their needs change and, and heck my needs change. I think for me at the core of it is knowing that if I don't take care of myself, if I don't take care of the things that I need, I can't be present for them. And that isn't a fault of mine. That isn't a flaw. That's just my humanness. And for me being able to recognize that, you know, my kids get things they need from, they, 
that my kids get things that they can't get from me when they go to Montessori. They get things that they can't get from me when they're with my in-laws or they're with my parents. You know, they, they need more than just me. And I need more than to just be their mom. And that's okay. In order for us to have the fun to go on the adventures, to do the arts and crafts, which I actually love doing because I used to be camp counselor, but to be there and to truly connect the way that we both need them. We both need to connect, right? I need to connect with them and they need to connect with me. It does require space. And it took me a long time to be okay with that. And so I just want to encourage you to look at how you're defining motherhood, good mothering right now. And ask yourself if that is a definition that is yours or if that is a definition that you got from somewhere else and see how there are areas of your, of your life that you can adapt or things that you can forgive yourself for, or things that you know that you need that maybe you have guilt around that you're ready to let go, that you can just let go of. Because if I were to carry the guilt, if I were to carry this idea that I am not a good mother because I choose to have a business, I choose to work I choose to show up for other people. I choose to exercise. I cho- choose to pour in, my, in myself. And then I choose to send them to daycare rather than having them home with me all day. That would crush me. That would be too heavy a burden to carry. And so I think that, you know, there is choice in deciding, you know, what version of motherhood you want to own. And you can you can agree and you can be aligned with sort of how I define it, or you cannot. You can define it another way. And that's okay. I want to invite you to just think about how you want to show up as a mother. And I think that, you know, my hope is that this podcast will continue to be a vehicle for you to explore that further, a vehicle for you to really see how different women are defining what is good mothering, defining what is good ambition, good ambitious mothering and how to, and how to navigate all of it. And I'm so grateful that you are along for the ride. Thanks for listening. And if you love this episode and know of other ambitious entrepreneurial mothers who would love to be part of this community, it would mean the world to me if you shared our podcast with them. Take a screenshot of this episode, text it to them, or share it to your Instagram stories and tag me so I can thank you for tuning in. Until next time, I love you, I appreciate you, and I am cheering for you so big.